this morning. Um, I know with this uh, talk about the, the virus going on and everything, man, all I can say is uh, um, just keep in mind uh, the our elderly community. You know, just, uh, I, you know, I think the Lord, he does some really uh, powerful ways to get our attention. And I hope and pray that uh, this is a uh, the time that he's really... Um, allowing this to happen to to get our attention to to call his people back to him and you know a lot of times times like this is when uh you find out who you really are and 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 i think we see a lot of the negativity about it but i'm also seeing a lot of things that people are doing and i just want to challenge each and every one of us to keep in mind those who are not as fortunate to be able to uh have a, a you know stockpile of toilet paper or things like that but just uh <laughs> let's let's keep keep our elderly in mind and and if you can uh reach out and and give a give a hand but this morning I want to talk about a another virus that's probably affected mankind since the very beginning and that's the the virus of their soul and that's lust and uh yeah I'm the lust guy <laughs> a year ago today uh I I uh you know I talked about uh, battling Bermuda grass, and uh, I equated Bermuda grass to lust in that Bermuda uh, uh, really thrives in this area, in this climate, in the same way lust thrives in this fallen and, and sinful world. In the same way uh, l- uh, Bermuda grass lies dormant in the winter, uh, I believe lust kind of lies dormant, and at the opportune time, it'll rise up in us. And also that uh, Bermuda grass grows by uh, spreading and, and rooting in different areas and then uh, growing from there. Same way, lust can actually affect different areas of our lives and growing deep roots in, tho- in those parts of our lives and really drowning out what God meant for us. So that's kind of what I want to talk about this morning. So uh, let's start uh, with prayer. Father God, Lord, we... We just thank you for today, God. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to gather. Father, I pray that your hand be over us, be upon us, be upon your people, God. May this time be a calling back unto you. May this be a calling back to to the hope in Jesus Christ. So, Father, I pray that you, you just speak this morning, prepare our minds and our hearts and our souls for your word. And we just welcome you in this place this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, guys, so spring's upon us. You know, summer's around the corner. Temperatures are going to be rising. And with the temper- as the temperatures rise, so will the hems of a lot of women's skirts and shorts. So what's a man to do, right? What's a man to do? But... What I want to talk about, fleshly desire, this morning is this. If we can't get rid of it, how about we try something new? How about let's refocus it? Let's just refocus it. And the first thing we can do, first thing we can do is desire Jesus. Desire Jesus. We need to fall in love with Jesus. I mean, truly... You know, you hear Jesus loves you, but do you love Jesus? Do you love Jesus? 
See, I believe this, that the desires of the flesh are inversely proportional to the love for Jesus. In other words, if your love for Jesus is up here, the desires of your flesh, the lust that might be dormant within you will stay down here. Now, I'm going to challenge you, if you have an issue with lust, if you can't control your eyes, if you haven't made a pact with your eyes, I guarantee your desires of your flesh are up here and your love for Jesus is down here. Now, I want everybody to turn to John 14 and look at verse 15. And I think we, it should be highlighted, underlined. If you're using your iPhone, highlight it there. Back when I was uh, uh, living in more of a religious type view, I would read this, and it says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. The way, but the way I would see it is, I would see Jesus point his finger at me and say, if you love me, you would follow my commandments. That's how I would see him. If you love me, you will follow my commandments. But as I'm growing in relationship with him, and I'm understanding who he is by spending time with him, by studying him, by, by really focusing in him, falling in deeper love with him, it's this relationship view is now like this. It's almost like, hey, if you love me, you'll follow my commandments. Almost as if it was an automatic thing. It's like, if you love me, you'll follow my commandments. So this is what I mean about refocusing your desire and just truly, truly falling in love with Jesus. And I want to ask you today, are you in love with him? Are you in love with him? Uh, those of us who are married, and I mean, if you're, if you're seeing someone right now, did you ever do anything downright silly and stupid and even possibly dangerous to get the attention of your bride or of your girlfriend? I mean, think back. Have you ever done really some silly things? When I uh, was dating my wife, um, we were on a project together. Uh, we both worked at, at XL Energy. And uh, as I was starting to get to know her and date her and things like that, I really loved to make her laugh. I mean, I just loved it when she laughed. And so I would do some really stupid things like trip in, in, in front of people in, in crowds. And I can't do that today because it hurts now. But, uh, you know, one time um, uh, I was in Denver. I was staying at a hotel, and I called her, asked her if she wanted to come have breakfast with me. And she came and had breakfast, and we were leaving, and uh, she was in her vehicle, and I had my, was pulling my uh, uh, suitcase and my backpack with my computer and had a bottle of water. And I thought, you know, I'll just give a little trip. Well, I did this, and I went all the way. I mean, I've literally scratched my hands up on the parking lot. And I didn't mean to fall all the way. I just kind of wanted to do a little stumble. And I got back up, my water bottle was rolling, and my backpack's everywhere, and she's at the steering wheel crying, laughing, pounding on the, and I was like, okay, you're welcome. You know, so just stupid things like that. I had no pride, okay? Uh, one time we were in Minneapolis, and uh, Mississippi runs right in between uh, in Minneapolis, and her team was staying on the west side of Minneapolis at a hotel. My team was standing on the east side at a different hotel, she called me about 9 o'clock in, in the evening saying, hey, we just got back from our team dinner. And I said, well, so am I. She goes, 
well, let's go have a drink over here. Well, there's this bridge. I bet it's a half a mile long that crosses over it. Nine o'clock at night, Minneapolis, Minnesota. You got this little Texan over there. I didn't care. I crossed that bridge to go see her. I, if there wasn't a bridge, I would probably swam across. I don't know. But the deal is, I, I just, it was kind of a dangerous thing to kind of to do that in the middle of the night. But I didn't care. That's the love I had for her. That's how much I wanted to be with her and see her. So I ask you, are you willing to do silly things, stupid things, even dangerous things? Because I guarantee if you profess the love of Jesus here in the future, it could be illegal. But are you willing to do that because how much you love him anyway? You know, he's very irresistible. Now I'm going to have Caleb show us S.M. Lockridge's uh, fantastic uh, preacher from the 70s and 80s. I want him to describe to you who this Jesus is. Go ahead, Caleb. My king was born king. The Bible says he's a seven-way king. He's a king of the Jews. That's a racial king. He's a king of Israel. That's a national king. He's a king of righteousness. He's a king of the ages. He's a king of heaven. He's a king of glory. He's a king of kings. And he is the Lord of lords. Now that's my king. Well, I wonder if you know him. Do you know him? Don't try to mislead me. Do you know my king? David said the heavens declare the glory of God, and the fundament showeth his handiwork. My king is the only one whom there's no means of measure can define his limitless love. No far-seeing telescope can bring into visibility the coastline of his soulless supply. No barriers can hinder him from pouring out his blessing. Well, well, he's enduringly strong. He's entirely sincere. He's eternally steadfast. He's immortally graceful. He's impurely powerful. And he's impartially merciful. That's my king. He's God's son. He's a sinner's savior. He's a centerpiece of civilization. He stands alone in himself. He's august. He's unique. He's unparalleled. He's unprecedented. He's supreme. He's preeminent. Well, he's the loftiest idea in literature. He's the highest personality in philosophy. He's the supreme problem in high criticism. He's a fundamental doctrine of true theology. He's the cardinal necessity of spiritual religion. And that's my king. He's the miracle of the age. He's the superlative of everything good that you choose to call him. Well, he, he's the only one able to supply all of our needs simultaneously. He supplies strength for the weak. He's available for the tempted and the tried. He sympathizes and he saves. He starved God and he dies. He heals the sick. He cleans the lepers. He forgives he discharges debtors. He delivers the captives. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. 
He serves the unfortunate. He rewards the age. He rewards the diligent. And he purifies the meat. Do you know him? Well, my king is a king of knowledge. He's a wellspring of wisdom. He's a doorway of deliverance. He's a pathway of peace. He's a roadway of righteousness. He's a highway of holiness. He's a gateway of glory. He's a master of the mighty. He's a captain of the popular. He's a head of the heroes. He's a leader of the legislators. He's an overseer of the overcomers. He's a governor of governors. He's a prince of princes. He's a king of kings. And he's a lord of lords. That's my king. Yeah. is manifold. His promise is sure. His light is matchless. His goodness is limitless. His mercy is everlasting. His love never changes. His word is enough. His grace is sufficient. His reign is righteous. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. Well, I wish I could describe him to you, but he... He's indescribable. He's indescribable. Yeah. He's, he's incomprehensible. He's invincible. He's irresistible. I'm trying to tell you, the heavens of heavens cannot contain him, let alone a man explaining him. You can't get him out of your mouth. You can't get him off of your hands. You can't outlive him. And you can't live without him. Well, Pharisees couldn't stand him. But they found out they couldn't stop him. Pilate couldn't find any fault in him. The witnesses couldn't get their testimonies to agree. Herod couldn't kill him. Death couldn't handle him. And the grave couldn't hold him. That's my king. Yeah. He always has been. And he always will be. I'm talking about he had no predecessor. And he'll have no successor. There was nobody before him. And there'll be nobody after him. You can't him, teach him. And he's not going to resign. That's right. king is that your king I want everybody to say that's my king is that your king is that your king 
that's my king. Amen. So how can you not love the man of Jesus Christ? The second point that I want to make is how about serving him now? Giving it up and serving Jesus. See, the only reason you are alive today is because he has something for you to do today. And when you get this deep understanding of the purpose in your life, you'll realize that you're not here for your glory, but for his glory. I want everyone also to go to Ephesians 2.10, and we need to mark this verse. This is my personal anchor verse that I go to. It says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Gentlemen, if you don't feel purpose, if you don't feel like you have a purpose and you feel lost this morning, well, here's your wake-up call. You were created to glorify God, period. He gave you certain gifts, certain talents, some compassion um, to use for his kingdom. That is what we're here to do. We're here to serve Jesus, to increase his increase his kingdom to expand his kingdom he'll put people in front of you that need the hope of Jesus and a lot of times we complain about those people now when I fully committed to serve him I found I found this in my personal life I didn't have time to lust or look at porn or anything because I found I must rely on him for everything I have to rely on him for everything. And to rely on him also meant I must abide with him through the Holy Spirit. And if I'm going to abide with him in the Holy Spirit, then I better not grieve the Holy Spirit. And to not grieve the Holy Spirit, (laughs) I better be a good boy. Else I'd fail in the good works he prepared for me. I'd fail the people that he's put in my path. I don't want to fail. I don't want to fail. So serving him keeps me in that right mindset that, hey, I've got, I've got a lead life group Wednesday night. I better not look at this website. I better keep my eyes focused on him because I need him. The, the, these couples come to this group because they want to hear from something from the Lord. I'm going to talk at Bravehearts. I don't have time. I don't want to look at anything else. I just want to look at Jesus. This is why I'm saying that loving him and serving him, you don't have time for any of the other nonsense. The final point that I wanted to make about this redirecting uh, your fleshly desire is desire your wife desire your wife now for you single guys <laughs> just have to rely on the first two bullets okay but for those of us who are married first corinthians uh i'm sorry ephesians 5 25 through 27 reads like this husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to splendor, to himself in splendor, 
without spot or wrinkle or any such thing that she might be holy and without blemish. So I want to break down how Paul is describing how Christ loves the church because this is our direction to love our wives. He says he gave himself up for her. Husbands are to give up our fleshly desires and for our wives. Point it to our wives. Guys, if you don't feel like it, just do it. You just do it. It's not about what we're feeling or the emotion of, well, I don't have a... No, you just do it. Look at her in a different way. He gave himself up for her. Jesus gave himself up for the church, so we are to give ourselves up for our wives. The second point he made, he might sanctify her. Husbands, we are to pray for and with our wives, anointing her with oil on occasion and anointing, anointing her with prayers, sanctifying her as Jesus is sanctifying his church. It also described how he cleansed her by the washing of water with the word husbands, like raining water, blessings of a godly word over our wives. I had a pastor challenge me one time and said, you should have a word for your wife every morning. You should have a, a good word, okay, guys? <laughs> You know, it says, like, uh, by the washing of the water. This is not like a fire hose, right? It's not a fire hose. It's a gently washing of the water. Another point he said is, uh, present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle. Husband, we should present our wife to ourselves, almost like in front of the mirror, and say, look how beautiful you are. Oh, look how you are so gorgeous. You are beautiful beautiful and now she might if you start doing this she might think that you're up to something but that's okay if you continually do that you'll feed her believe me she'll return the favor back to you finally that she might be holy and without blemish blemish this is how god see, how jesus sees his church how he sees you and me husbands should recognize how holy our wives are they are the daughters of our father who entrusted them to us so we should overlook any faults that they have any any behavior and just love them so when you're loving your wife as christ loved the church i promise you you won't notice other women the thought of being with another woman would absolutely be appalling and repulsive to you in the same way loving anyone else more than jesus or serving any other master other than Jesus Christ should be equally repulsive. Amen? We've got some questions uh, to, to go over, and uh, we'll just go ahead and uh, uh, end this time with prayer. Father, I pray, God, I pray, Lord, that we just get this deep understanding that we are here to glorify you and to honor you and to praise you. That's why we are here. And so, Lord, I pray that. We can take this seed that it would produce fruit the rest of our day, our week, the rest of our lives. In Jesus' name.